Welcome to the Soulful Essence Podcast. A show about building a business that you love using archetypes. I'm Yamilka. And I'm Sabrina. And we're here to help you discover the secrets to using archetypes to uniquely position your brand in the market. And identify the super fan that will lead you to massive growth. Welcome, everyone. This is Yamilka and Sabrina. And welcome to the Soulful Essence Episode 3. Today, we're going to be discussing what brand archetype positioning is. So you understand a little bit of the theory. And then we'll go into a little bit of action and how you can apply it. So the methodology we have developed is called the archetype method. And so what is the archetype method? Well, it's based on psychology and human behavior, and we help companies increase their ROI by attracting top quality prospects that we call super fans. This is a way for you to envision your future customers' needs, boost customer adoption, and drive powerful product and service demand. So let's get right into it. And Sabrina, do you want to talk a little bit about why we use brand positioning? Yeah, that's great. So um, today, I think it's going to be important to talk about this idea of um, understanding your brand position is really about looking at your landscape, the the landscape, it's kind of your competitive analysis. So a lot of people talk about competitive analysis, and there's different ways that you can kind of uh, look at doing a, com- uh, you know, a- an analysis of your market. Um, well, we love to look at it from an archetype standpoint. Um, so when we look at a market, we are asking, um, you know, what are other companies promising? Uh, what are the archetypes that are coming forward? What types of conversations are people having? What's expected in the category? Um, How do you disrupt in the category? How do you fit into the category? Depending on the kind of brand you are and the kind of archetype, you're going to want to take a different position in the market. Um, Some types of archetypes, they are going to want to disrupt any market they're in. So in order to disrupt, you need to know what the conversations are, right? You need to be able to... uh, have a sensibility of like, what are you disrupting? You know, um, if you want to fit in, you need to understand um, how to uh, fit in. What are think people talking about and, and how do you talk um, and to people? What's the vocabulary being used? And so um, the idea of positioning is really important. Um, so we'll talk to you a little bit about what is the basis for this positioning map that we use. Um, Yeah, so um, I just want to say one thing. Um, I remember um, when we were doing the um, 2020 vision about 10 years ago, right? We Mm -hmm. were doing 2020 uh, lighthouses. So the future of skincare, I think we were working on at the time. And I remember you explaining the framework, right? (laughs) And, And it was just like, they were, what? It was just like an aha in their mind. So yeah. do you want to talk a little bit about the, the, the framework yeah. dynamic and belonging and independent? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so when we look at archetypes, we do use um, a framework and it's a, it's like a semiotics based framework. So it has, it holds symbol and meaning um, in the various um, axes. And, and basically when you put this lens of archetype on the world, 
you can then see things that maybe you didn't see looking at the landscape before. So it kind of opens that up. So, so when we talk about um, uh, this framework, we like to use like a two by two. So you start with two opposing axes. And the idea is that on an axis, you want to have a, a, this universal um, uh, a, a sensibility of what is on um, each end. So for example, from um, the idea of psychology and human behavior, we start with some very basic things. Like for example, the idea that some people are very attracted to things that are very stable in the world. And some people really feel comfortable with things being dynamic or in in motion or um, open-ended. Um, so I don't know where you fit personally. Each person, you know, of course, can have their own kind of preferences. I know where I fit. You do? Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, and I, you know, over time, I think, uh, Sabrina, as you really yeah. get into this, I think you you start to understand both axes, right? Yeah. Well, and that's the key thing, you know, and, and actually that's the important thing because some people are like, well, I don't feel like, don't put me in a box. I feel, don't feel like I fit in one place. Well, what we love to look at with the system that we've developed is, um, and this is very unique to the archetype method that we have, is that um, one position on, um, on the axes, say you're all about stability, it doesn't mean that you fit in a stability box. It means that is your foundation or your grounding place. But what we find is as people and as brands um, stretch themselves to be more dynamic, um, it increases their sort of um, attractiveness or their magnetism in the world. And so that's a fundamental principle of the um, archetype method is that you're, it's not about placing you in a box, but it's about understanding what your foundational grounding place is in the world and then learning to stretch. Don't move, don't shift. It's not about changing the archetype that you are. It's about understanding at the core what it is and then understanding how um, to stretch. Um, and so, yeah, if you feel like you're a more stable person just by nature, then the more you push yourself to be dynamic, to engage with people and things that are dynamic, then the, the more, um, magnetic you become. Yeah. Interesting. You'll be right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, I think yeah. there's something important to say about mm-hmm. that though. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, one of the things that sometimes we tend to do in those situations is that we force ourselves to be more dynamic or we force ourselves to be more stable. And then we're a bit unauthentic, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, so it's, it's like really important to, um, to do it. Yeah. In an authentic way. Right. Mm -hmm. And well, and that's what I really, um, that's the other thing about the archetype method that I think is so powerful is we use the idea of a super fan. Um, Now your super fan is that person who is your um, target that's going to be attracted to you because you have something that they need in their life to make them kind of whole or make them more complete. And so um, the way that we like to think about it is if you um, have one place that's your grounding, your super fan is going to be attracted to that. But not that you need to move or change the archetype that you are exactly. to be more like your super fan. What we want to help you understand how to do is you use your super fan as, a, um, as someone to have a conversation with. And as you, you know, as you build that relationship with them, then that's how you authentically begin to stretch and begin to build out the core um, of your brand as a more uh, robust, more holistic um, 
uh, character because you're in conversation and you're learning and you're kind of growing together. And that's the essence of really using, you know, a super fan like we've have it outlined right now. Right. Mm -hmm. And actually, it was so fascinating. I was just talking to a client yesterday Mm -hmm. and she was like, well, you know, I'm like this and, you know, I'm very dynamic and I do things like that. And and then I was somebody wanted to help me and I really wanted them to help me because I need the help. But they were all like, what am I doing? What's the structure? What? And I couldn't understand what (laughs) asking me all these questions. And now that you explained this to me, I get it. Right. (laughs) There's like a, there's like a symbiotic relationship between a, a brand and that perfect target, you know, and that brings them together because they may think differently and they may see the world differently, but there's something really powerful about when they come together, it just kind of creates magic. So um, I think we should kind of start going into the different axes and kind of talk about yeah. that so you, we can get a little bit more in depth of what, what that means for people. Yeah. So if, if we look at the belonging axes, right, um, it's all about bringing people together. It's about caring relationships and human connections. Mm-hmm. Um, if we look at the opposite of that, which is the independent um, axes, it's about new territories, um, asking the tougher questions. It's about simplicity, achievement, and independence. Yeah. And then um, if we look at the stable axes, right, it's about bringing stability and assurance to the world. And it's more about control and rigor and analysis. And then on the opposite side of that, we have the dynamic axes, which is about um, bringing revolution and fun to the world and it it can be about transformation, conviction, and joy. Yeah, so that's, I think, the key thing. At the core of the archetype method, there are two very important axes that are based on human behavior. So the first one, like you just said, is the stable to dynamic, and that spectrum is very important. The second one is that belonging to independence or people to task that that spectrum of feeling connected to people having that belonging and that independence or that kind of task focused um element is the most important part of um the framework that we use now we've found that um we've we've really done a lot of research into a number of different ways to kind of look at this landscape, look at this um, analysis. And what we have found that those two uh, axes provide us the important framework that allows us to layer personality, layer interaction, um, even layer design principles on top of it. So um, they're very um, simplistic, but they're also very universal. And they do create a foundational structure that allow us to audit the world and see kind of um, reveal these new insights. All right. So um, maybe let's talk about each of the um, the characters that we might find on here. Um, should we start with like the stable to dynamic um, axis? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So in the stable, we find the ruler, the sage, and the creator. And then in the dynamic, we find the magician, the outlaw, and the gesture. Yeah. So Sabrina, you want to talk a little bit about maybe how brands fit into that and how that they um, yeah. they're different w- within each other or from yeah. each other? Now, um, this this framework and how the um, archetypes fit in the world is very unique to the archetype method. So um, we have really kind of 
uh, kind of dug into a number of different um, systems, um, personality studies, psychology, um, frameworks that really kind of shape up how we see um, these um, these kind of uh, characteristics um, happening in the world. And so when we say stable to dynamic and we kind of associate these archetypes that we've developed on each one, it allows us to then not just take the word stable, but now we can imagine, um, you know, the idea of story on top of that. Um, What's the ruler's version of the world? Um, What's the sage's version of the world? Um, How does a creator behave in the world, create that creation? And so um, when we see brands um, that behave as rulers, sages, or creators, um, you can see brands like, well, well, let's look at the tech industry. That's one we work in a lot. So um, a traditional brand, it's been around a long time. Um, Microsoft. Microsoft communicates to the world as a very stabilizing force. Um, it has um, a way that the software works. It has rules in um, by which it um, it, it um, sort of behaves in the world and it expects the people who use it to behave. Um, it's trusted. It's stable. It's um, going to be there um, and it's lasting. Um, and then those are all of the things that you know are associated with the stability. Um, in opposition, let's just talk about the dynamic side. Um, can you imagine in the tech industry, um, who are some of the most, you know, dynamic uh, technology brands in the world? These could be like more magician oriented or outlaw, you know, um, or, or jester type of brands as we would characterize them from our archetypes. Um, so a brand that comes to life is for me, is like Google. Uh, Google is like, uh, you know, the, the, uh, a great example of um, a a brand that's like dynamic. It's responsive. It's changing. Um, Google's not going to be the same from one day to the next. Um, you know what? You know, looking at the search results, looking at the products that they're developing, they are always on the move. They are always evolving evolving yeah evolving (laughs) right and then you know and the algorithms they put behind their search engines and their you know these things there's there's a lot of magic in those you know and so there's a lot of dynamicness happening in the activities that google brings to the world um yeah so um i think from you know the standpoint of the first axis, the question really is like, if you just think about your brand um, and every brand sits in on one side or the other, you know? And so when you think about at the core of your brand and what you do and how you behave in the world, um, are you more about stability um, or are you more um, uh, of a dynamic um, brand in the world? And then we have, Our other axes, which is belonging and independent, and in belonging, we have caregiver, good guy, lover, and then in the independent, we have hero, explorer, and innocent. Yeah. So remember how we kind of talked about the belonging is all about, you know, those people-oriented things. So if you can imagine a caregiver sees the world in a certain way. Um, you know, they really are there. Their whole focus is about caring for people. You know, they're very people centric. The good guy wants everyone to feel comfortable and included. And the lover is like the best partner and very, very in tune with the people in their life. Um, and you know, that's in that the opposite of that really, you know, that the opposite is that independence mindset that is just like, 
really people aren't part of the equation. You know, the hero is all about wanting to, you know, conquer something. Um, they want to know what they need to achieve. Um, they're driven. Um, if people are around, okay, they, they may or may not notice. The explorer is relentlessly driven for the next thing, that ongoing search that they're always looking for. Um, and innocence is really, I mean, they're on a quest for truth and right and wrong. And so, you know, people really don't come into the equation in the same way for brands on the innocence side. Now, um, an example I like to use in this category um, or in this for this axis is is transportation and, and, and you know, in, in the automotive industry. If you can imagine um, a company like Toyota uh, you know, they are an everyday, very approachable uh, uh, brand that brings forward products that um, people can, you know, they're, they're part of their lives. They buy without, you know, thinking they incorporate, they trust them, they know they're going to be there for them. And um, they're very human um, oriented, even in, you know, their design principles, you know, they, they actually yeah. had talking mm-hmm. about that they yeah. campaign. <laughs> Were they um, were naming their cars and and putting the name? So that's very personable and um, and and it has that connection piece to people, right? So you know, so th- that's a great example of like you know taking it from just the product into the conversations they're having and really wanting to involve people and bring them into the conversations and have that human part um, is was what they promised to the world, right? And that would be in um, opposition to the idea of, you know, just take um, the idea of Jeep. Um, Jeep is, you know, obviously more about an adventure, right? And so they really focus in on that uh, independent, explore nature, get out in the wild, go where people haven't gone before. It gives you this sensibility that you maybe have a little bit more um, uh, desire to, 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 to explore new things in the world. And so it really kind of, uh, you know, it, it asks you to kind of, it challenges you to go beyond your comfort zone, do these things that you maybe wouldn't normally do in the world. So if you look at their advertising, you see a lot of adventure oriented, um, more kind of aspirational and quest oriented things. Right. Right. And I know, um, you know, we know that Jeep has been um, an explorer brand. A lot of people have written about it. Um, but if we think about how maybe our brand brings some of these characteristics to life, you know, our, is our brand more independent or is our brand more about belonging and really be able to differentiate yourself within your category based um, knowing your your particular brand archetype yeah so basically from a positioning standpoint what this allows you to do is you have two axes you have your stable to dynamic and you have your belonging to independence um, and this pr- creates a two by two um, and then you know if you think about at your core are you more stable or more dynamic and plot yourself on that uh, map and then are you more about belonging or more about independence and do a second plot that really gives you your positioning in the world. And um, then basically doing a simple audit, being able to look at your competitors. So if we look at all of the car or the, um, the kind of transportation options that are out there and we wanted to say, all right, how does Toyota 
uh, differentiate itself in the world. Um, we can put, you know, all the other cars on there. We can put Ford, we can put um, Honda, we can put Tesla, we can put, you know, uh, Aston Martin, right? And so you can put all of these different <laughs> brands and you can really get a sensibility for, um, you know, what are you uniquely expressing and what is everyone else uniquely expressing? And as you plot them on the axes, it just reveals some maybe more deeper insights that you wouldn't have really thought about. So when you look at their advertising and you look at their products, they just, you have a new understanding or a new view of um, how to either differentiate yourself, how to fit in, um, or how to, you know, what kinds of conversations are really, you know, um, uh, our consumers engaging with. The first thing is to really understand what your core archetype is, that one archetype that most represents your brand. And then secondly, as you begin to um, understand archetypes a little bit more, the second thing that we want to kind of help you with is positioning your archetype um, on this landscape analysis. And then from there, you can really ask the question of like, who is your super fan and understanding those core elements is critical to being able to uh, create focus and clarity around your brand and your message and who you're talking to in the world yeah and creating growth and opportunity for yourself in a faster way so we are super excited go to brand archetype.co.co and get your quiz now And stay tuned for our next episode where we're going to go through each of the um, each of the different archetypes. So you have a better understanding of what it means to be either a lover or sage or explorer innocent. Yeah, that'll be fun. (laughs) Yeah, super fun. So thank you and see you next time. See you next time.